Okay, welcome, welcome to the charge day. Uh, I think Craig's recording, and they've changed things. It's been a while. This is episode fifty, which is pretty pretty good. We're still going. The listeners um, can't see it, but we're all waving little flags around. Yep. Yeah, uh, uh, we're not sure what jubilee it is, but um, probably pretty pretty important. Um, <laughs> the best expert. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I forgot. Okay, we introduced everyone. It's me, which is Rob. And we have Dave, we have Neil, no James this week. Um, hopefully we'll have him over the next few weeks as we do more of these. Um, so in terms of preamble, uh, well, the main reason why I've been kind of not been doing these for recently is basically because I've been busy with the new job and all that kind of crack. Don't talk um, to me about work. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so that's been fun. Um, but yeah, we're back. You know, the season ended, and um, we're back. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, I have written down here that uh, one day we will try Heisenberger. Um, it was cruelly snatched away from us. Uh, where the Bulls beaten us in the semi-final because it could have been pretty special if we we just won the final and we we got a Heisenberger for the first time. You but, think it's uh, an alternate universe where we did win it? Yeah, could be an Probably. alternate universe where we're just a bunch of burgers. <laughs> yeah, that that could be true. Um, yeah, okay. So let's that's enough for preamble. Preamble over. Uh, we'll now move to. Leinster season debrief. So I have here highlights. So I'll just throw it over to you guys. What are your? Give me your highlights, your standout moments. Uh, okay, I'll go first. My mm-hmm. standout moment, and I'm predicting that one of you guys also has this standout moment, was the Tommy O'Brien cover tackle versus the Lions. An excellent mm. moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, we're at that match, and that was better than any of the tries. It was. Mm. I remember a bigger cheer than for any of the tries. Yeah, and he got man the match down as well in that match, if I remember correctly. Probably on the back of that tackle, if <laughs> if nothing else. Uh, but yeah, just the context of it, I suppose, being twenty-one-six up at sixty minutes against an underperforming Lions, and you know you're just heading for that comfortable win, and one of the Lions' wings makes a break down the right wing, I think it was, and Tommy O'Brien tracked across the entire backfield to make a try-saving tackle. Which, like, I would, I wouldn't expect someone to have that level of hunger in that situation, but I guess it speaks to uh, the man in the moment, just the level of hunger he has, but also like, I guess the squad depth overall of like people duking out for positions or whatever. Just it's it's nice to have that level of I guess desire to to make an impact and try and stamp your authority on things. But also I feel like it contrasts a little bit and maybe this is me talking shy here, but I just feel like some of the starting players might be a bit comfortable in their boots. Like I'm not saying they wouldn't put in the same level of effort, but I just think maybe some of the top dogs might lack that last bit of hunger. And maybe it's only like, I'm not saying Tommy O'Brien is special in this regard, but like say Vander Fleer jumps out at me as one of these blokes that gives us all every minute he's on that field and yeah probably everyone can't be like that but I just I think it's a great 
asset within a player to be able to dig in and try that 110 percent even when maybe you're not required to say you're 21 six against the line so yeah i just thought it was a good moment in the season overall and then for the player tommy o'brien as well so uh yeah and i also picked a runner-up moment and i hope i don't steal one of your guys's moment with this one but uh it was the recent coming out of nick mccarthy i just thought that was uh just handled well by everyone involved and that was my backup moment okay it was also my backup moment so uh but you weren't Tommy O'Brien tackle as well, were you? No, that is a very good one. That, okay, that one okay. definitely there was. Okay. Uh... All right, so yeah, when yeah. you want to go, do you want to go, Neil? Yeah, um, my Vodafone stand up, stand <laughs> with me moment of the season uh, was I think it was James. It was James Lowe scoring against the Ospreys. Um, no, that's not. James Lowe scoring isn't new, and us beating the Ospreys isn't new. But it was a game we were not struggling in. We were like 21-7 or 21-0 up. But we weren't breaking them down. It was getting rainy. Um, and it wasn't a very fluid performance. You could see the crowd getting frustrated. But we brought a few subs on, James Lowe being one of them. And I think it was... might have been Harry Byrne. Or Frawley even, maybe. Crossfield kick over to O'Brien. He passes it back in, and James Lowe runs the length of the pitch and does the sidestep and scores a try. I think I remember um, that. Was that his first match back from injury? It might. Be, it might have been. Um, it was during the Six Nations around that time. Right. But it was just a lovely moment, and then we, we ended up hammering him. Hmm. But uh, I thought it was just such a. This guy is a value add, and he's now back to his top try scoring form. And if I remember correctly, not unlike my moment, it really g'd up the crowd. Yes. So, like in a similar way, like a, the effort from the individual was really appreciated and kind of, you know, a microcosm within the moment of the match. But you know, it's moments like that that we go to the fucking ODS because yeah. it certainly isn't the atmosphere overall. But you know, <laughs> it's nice to feel part of the collective when something cool like that happens. And my backup moment. Well, not backup moment, my other moment, if we're doing two moments, would have been Soraka going nuts, saying, let's go for the win, or go for the draw, even, oh, against yeah. uh, the Stormers. <laughs> and we had our, our locked-in home run with the points. <laughs> uh, and that's why the people loved them first. Yeah. Even though the 100% correct thing to do was take your, take your one point from the game. He was pretty happy mm. for that, all right. That's, again, I like to see like the individuals sort of like passion coming out or that little bit extra that maybe mm. not everyone can give but yeah it's, it's a good moment Rob. um so my my highlights very similar to dave's uh it's a uh, remember the kieran frawley tackle against glasgow um so we're there's lancer are winning they put 70 70 i think one points past glasgow yes. at this point oh, yes they make a break and it looks like they're clear. They're clear. Looks like an easy try, and Frawley absolutely hauls ass and uh, gets back, tackles him, turns the ball over, um, and we counter attack. And it was just pure, like that okay. guy. Yeah, it was just pure, like competitor. Like he's just didn't want to give them anything. Um, mm. You love to see it. Gets everyone fired up. Um, yeah, well, would, uh, I do. I do find it interesting how the three of us picked. Yeah. Cases where a young player 
sort of well not in James Lowcase but the Soraka backup moment where a young player sort of showed displayed, grit yeah, or that little bit extra or something like it doesn't have to be like athleticism or scoring a big try or whatever but like just going a little bit extra yard to to put on a performance I guess mm. yeah uh, but it also could be a bad thing in that like the highlight wasn't winning the two cups <laughs> which would be nice yeah. Um, but yeah then uh, in terms of backup moments yeah I have similar like just the South Africa tour in general just the young guy, the young guys uh, getting the results that they needed to get then there's like smashing bath was a lot of fun um, I don't like them anymore Robin neither do you remember we were talking <laughs> after I, the uh... like it's I, I get it like that uh, they're the the you, I don't know if there's that much value in those games, mm. uh, but but they're fun at the time. Like it's yeah, it's they're fun at the time, and then it comes to the <laughs> end of the season, and you're like, "This is all we have now." It's just smashing bad. They yeah. take it over ours. Yeah, like, take our season over theirs. I should say. Um. Okay, so let's switch to lowlights. So get a a little bit more kind of. What are your kind of low points of the season? I think they're pretty obvious, but we'll we'll go over. Yeah, them. I deliberately went for a not obvious one because yeah. I feel like you guys would have had to have chosen at least the obvious one. But my de- low light of the season was Kieran Frawley's face and or head, <laughs> <laughs> and this being because I feel like this was kind of his season to, you know, establish a strong ongoing presence in, be it either at out half or twelve in the Leinster proceedings and maybe there was actually only one or two instances and I've just over-egged it in my head but I feel like every other game he was getting concussed or getting smashed in the face and having to go off early and or like taking a tackle and taking a hip to the head and shit like that just every other game where he ended up leaving the field early and it was just frustrating for me and I'm sure it was very frustrating for him probably frustrating for the management just frustrating for everyone involved I, it's uh, like I just wonder if, uh, well, he obviously probably doesn't have the world's most punchable face, but like maybe it's a technique thing, or he just got very unlucky throughout the season. One but, was a failing boot from his like his teammates that just catches him in the chin. Yeah, well, like that's a prime example of an unlucky one. Yes. But I'm last convinced... season he did knock himself out by um, tackling wrong side. Yeah, so I'm convinced a... someone of our technique, yeah. but like it just felt like it was happening every three games and you're kind of just like for fuck's sake man like can you not just get a good run of things when you can see him like i don't know consistency yeah, no, I, I think I, I understand what you're saying but i think he's had a good run in fact he'll mm. he's down he's going down to the tour which i will talk about in your other podcast mm. but i think he's he's it's not a uh it's been a good season for him i think yeah yeah i, I just would have liked it to have been better and to see someone routinely injure himself in a sort of similar way throughout the season is just frustrating. But it's only a minor low light, I guess, in comparison to the bigger disappointments, which I'm sure one of you guys will mention. Okay. Uh, do you want to take it from here, Neil? Yeah, my low light, like obviously the, the final and the semi-final, as Dave said, are low lights. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm much more chewed up about the final than the semi, mm-hmm. uh, particularly how the Pro 14 ended or URC ended. But my low light was the Dan Levy retirement. Mm. Um, like he came back multiple times, 
and he was back this season. I was like, okay, this is just the start of the journey again. And then it was announced that he's he's done, and mm. we couldn't win anything to let him like lift the trophy up at the end of the season. Yeah, that's so, that's so that, that that's mine. Dan Levy retiring at twenty seven or whatever it was. Mm. And they, like as we said, he had a great uh, trophy cabinet for the, the amount of time he's played. Yeah, but stark consolation. Been... I feel like. Hmm. Both for, uh, for him as a person, and then for like Leinster as a team and Ireland as well, because you know we're lucky that Van der Fleer stood up to such a degree. Yeah, but even just I think, yeah, that Dan Levy strikes me as a bit more of a versatile back row player from Van der Fleer, like a groundhog. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> more. Oh, well, I suppose I was going to say more of a carrying threat, <laughs> and then I realised the Van der Fleer meme for the last year has literally been the carrying threat. So. But yeah, no, it's fucking shit. And uh, honestly, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. But uh, mm. yeah, it's just unfortunate it happened to such a clearly talented, I wouldn't say once in a generation, but like he was uh, close to it. Talent, mm. so yeah, shit. Yep. Uh, I just have very similar. I just, uh, probably a low light, obviously for me, yeah, is the Champions Cup final. But uh, particularly the fact that we didn't score a try. Uh, Ooh. just kind of I like I don't know that that kind of sticks out to me where it's like like we, we we had a very good chance of winning that game without scoring a try but mm. um, the the way that we were just racking up tries against everyone and anyone and then in the final for, for whatever reason it didn't really click uh, it's just a little bit disappointing but, yeah. um, and yet I'm sure you were like me at every penalty yeah. in that final you were like yeah take the tree <laughs> Uh, I yeah, I mean it's hard hard to not feel sympathy for the players on the field making those decisions because they were all kind of I wouldn't say hundred percent gimmies, but you know what is the the like thing people always say about knockout championship rugby or whatever like you take your trees and yeah hundred percent they were just doing but, what they but, should be doing and, uh, and the reason we didn't score tries is because Lavarchelle cheated like hell yeah. Okay. But, <laughs> uh, I, so that, that was this. Like, we cheated like hell at the end and didn't get a card. Was... I, I, saw, I saw someone kind of pointing out against La Rochelle, we took the threes and lost. Uh, against mm. the Bulls, we kept going to, for the line out and still lost. So yeah. uh, We'll talk about more later, but it, it's really yeah. annoying people are comparing the two and saying they're the same. Yeah. Uh, I think the games were very different. And people mm. were saying, oh, we just can't handle big packs, even though Leinster pack was bigger than the Bulls. Mm. Yeah, but that's just a, an aside. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I feel like the Bulls throw themselves around like they're bigger. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they're South Africans, so like it's, it's not <laughs> like it's small. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to just quickly go to breakout players? Like players. Oh, I'm going to make a thought. hot take here, Rob. Sorry for interrupting yep. you and say yep. all three of us have all three of the same breakout player and all three of the same MVP. Okay. Okay. Just putting that out there. Okay, Rob, who's your breakout player? Well, I actually have three breakout players. Okay, <laughs> that makes it easier for my prediction to be right. Thing. Um, I have Soroka. I thought uh, he looked good in limited time. Jamie Osborne is the other one. Mm. Uh, just looked good, comfortable. And I then do, I uh, do feel sorry, just on Jamie Osborne. There is Jamie Jamie Osborne, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I do definitely feel this season to last season he's improved his ball retention ability. That was one of the things, and probably early in this season it was a thing as well. I feel like he was forcing offloads way too much and they weren't coming off. I think he's 
he's definitely uh he's improved his decision making on when to offload and when not or when to throw miracle passes and when not and i think it'll definitely stand him going forward so yeah, yeah. sorry Next uh, and then the, the third one it's kind of a recency bias kind of thing but uh I like the look of Cormac Foley and what I saw out of him, the scrum half. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's a bit rich. Probably call him a breakout player, but he's yeah. probably one to watch, I'd say. Yeah. Until he fucked his arm. But, yeah, I, I feel <laughs> like Cormac Foley was one of mine as well, Rob. And I feel like mm. the reason he was there for me is because of... I just have that little niggling worry about the scrum half position. Just I know mm. Park's been... I wouldn't say a revelation, but he's stamped his authority on the starting nine shirt and I, I I don't know that Luke McGrath is the backup so I feel like there's definitely uh, an open position there for someone else to take if, if they so want it and I thought as you said Cormac Foley with the limited time we saw him was impressive so there's no and reason he broke his arm <laughs> yeah I know yeah shit shit look but uh, there's no reason why it can't be him so uh, yeah uh what are your who are your breakout players or breakout player? Well, Cormac Foley was one of them, and I'm mm-hmm. shocked, Rob. I'm shocked that you didn't pick Big Joe McCarthy. Yeah, that, that was my oh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the completely. breakout player. Yeah, completely I, I think, forgot about I, it. I don't think you can call someone like Foley a yeah. breakout player, or even Soraka. Like, I think oh. Soraka's um, his charity work and his madman attitude has won him so many fans in such a short amount of time. So there is a breakout there, but in he terms definitely, of minutes and uh, games played, do, do you subscribe to the do you subscribe to the theory that players who have long hair are um, like Shabal? or not? Yeah, or <laughs> or Flaf, Flaf de Klerk, or that Werner Koch guy for the Sharks. Yeah, they're yeah, just more, they're, just, they're just more noticeable. So could this not be a similar thing to that survivorship bias theory, though? In that. Mm. Like all the shit players with long hair, you don't remember them <laughs> and you don't notice them. But there's probably plenty of them. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, Big Joe. Yeah, uh, yeah. he kind of just came into his own there towards the end of the season. I almost like. nowhere. Like I, I, he was, it comes under twenties campaign. He was in. He got injured for for one of them, mm. and mm. the other one was I think attenuated by COVID. Like he didn't have a big. Like it wasn't like a, a Hearn or someone like that or Baird where this guy's played for two years yeah, or he's played really recently and he's tearing it up at this level. Let's see what he can do in senior ranks. Um, we just kept, we just kept getting, getting games and games and I feel like, like now, he's, now, he's, now he's playing in European Cup finals mm, mm. and he's playing for, he's uh, called up to the R squad. Excellent. But I feel like his uh, appearance on the scene was like I'm not, it's the wrong use of the word victim, but victim of circumstance, but like uh, what's the opposite of victim? Like w- winner of circumstance <laughs> in that like... Benefactor? Benef- uh... Yeah, you know he was he's benefiting from the fact that like Ross Maloney is has hit his ceiling, I think. Devin Towner is on his way out. Brian Baird, we all seem to think the management see him more as a Rangy six rather than a viable second row option, so it's kind of like you That's need you needed someone to go into that second row and sort of do do the job that he is doing, and yeah, he was just the main benefactor of that circumstance, I think. And I I felt in uh, in the semi final match in the RDS against I completely forget the team. Bulls. That's the one. Yeah, 
I thought he was man of the match for me. I know we lost, but I just felt he was, uh, apart from maybe Van der Vleer, he was uh, putting in some shift. I just, for such a young player and for such an experience, I, uh, I like the fact that he's big as well. <laughs> I, I, I want your man. Who's the South African guy coming in? Jenkins. Mm-hmm. I want to see him come good, and then like have a second row starting pair of like John McCarthy and Jenkins, and just two big guys. James Ryan uh, already gone in your mind. Well, no, but like say for finals rugby, James Ryan might come in. But like let's say a mid-season yes. match against Sharks or some shit, we just have these two size merchants. Well, obviously there's more to Joe's game anyway, certainly than size. But I don't know. I feel like we don't produce very many big players, so like. It could be nice just to have two bulky second rows for the first time in a long time. Um, so yeah, Joe McCarthy, good, good break. And like, I feel like he's. I know Neil, you were disputing some of uh, some of Rob's choices there. With like, to me, Joe McCarthy was the only breakout player of the season. Really, he was the only realistic choice. Which to me is actually kind of the finest. But Dan Sheehan could be mm, mm. considering yeah. he was still he was okay. He got capped last year. For both Leinster and Ireland, but this season he started Six Nations yeah. games and he's starting hooker in the yeah. cup run. So, but again, um, circumstance. Yeah. But uh, is that a little bit worrying? Maybe the fact that there wasn't many breakout player choices. No, I don't, I don't think so. Like you, as you said, like we had someone like Jimmy O'Brien who was not a breakout mm-hmm. player. Like he's played well before, but he's had a good run in the starting team. Yeah, I feel like this is his first like quality season overall. Yeah, and, and he's been called up to the international team so hmm. like it's hmm. like um, I suppose there's not many um, more you can Tommy say Tommy O'Brien as well I feel he he was another one maybe a little yeah, but, yeah like yeah. these guys have all had good seasons hmm. Hmm. But, like the, there's talent there hmm. um, yeah uh, okay now who's your best player slash MVP Underflair, I was thinking about this, and I was like, "Not no, There's only one. There's only yeah, one choice. There is only one choice, really. Yeah. When you get down to it, Rob, um, did you divert from the Vanderflair hype train? Just a little bit. God uh, damn it, yeah, Rob! I'm just saying you're going against not only me and myself and Dave, European Player of the Year and Leinster Player of the Year. Yeah, but but um, must be, I'm sorry, Irish Players Player of the Year. <laughs> uh, oh no, no, like I'm, I don't want to take anything away from Vanderflair. He is. Amazing, uh, really good player, does everything really well, had a great season. Um, is your boss. pick Hugo Keenan? No, uh, I do okay. love Hugo Keenan. Uh, my, it's not really a hot take, I've had this take before. Actually, uh, no, actually, no, I don't want to say it. You have to say it now. <laughs> After all that build up, you have to say it. Uh, you think Vanderfly is a weak carrier of the ball, just no, say it, Ron. No, no, my argument is Sexton is still, uh, Definitely MVP. Mm. Um, Most valuable player, yes. As, as in just the sheer drop-off after yeah, him. Yeah. If we were yeah. starting the final tomorrow and he said you had Sexton or Van der Fleer, you put Sexton. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, but yeah, best player is a bit rich because he barely played for yeah. us, really. Um, and he, he didn't have a great uh, final. Yeah. This, uh, not, the, not bad, but not great. Yeah. That, one, that moment where he feels that kick and... Yes. Uh, Tries to run it out. There's a few moments like that actually from the last few years where there's just you, know, you could 
not saying like one moment decided it, but there you can actually pinpoint more or less Dang. one moment. Yeah, which yeah, if it goes the other way, maybe things different, maybe they weren't. But hey, sure, that's 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 sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, we've kind of touched on this, but yeah, um, I'd be interested. What's your overall assessment of the season and the situation that we find ourselves in? Um, so where did it go right? Where did it go wrong? Well. To be honest, uh, I would be quite worried for the fifth star because mm. the Sexton thing, as you mentioned, but mm. then more broadly speaking, the South African teams coming into Europe is just going to ramp up the competitiveness. Mm, like, there's just more good teams now, and we're already struggling to win it with what's there. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it. That's. I guess that's if you're taking the perspective of you're viewing the club's success on the basis of whether or not they win Europe, which is probably maybe an overly high barrier of success to draw up. You know, I, I, I would think winning the domestic or the URC or whatever is good enough. But uh, yeah, like I, I remember listening to a podcast forty two. Uh, one of the guys, Gary Doyle, on it was saying, like, uh, they're talking about Munster and saying they'd have been successful in 10 years, and he, he didn't hold the view that you have to win a trophy to be a successful team. Mm. I was I was sneering at that at the time, and now I'm turning around and saying, well, maybe. <laughs> um, I, first of all, I enjoyed the season a lot. Mm. Uh, it's great seeing Leinster play more, uh, maybe it's not more attacking, maybe we just scored more tries, but real... It's an attractive game we play Leinster do. Um, we can't be brought in players, like young players. We constantly give them chances. Like it was sixty man squad uh, used this season, and we got um, some players like Gibson Park and Van der Fleer, not Van der Fleer, like Gibson Park and Lowe and stuff like that who were rejuvenated after their international introduction, like a year past. Uh, so from that point of view, that's good. And semi-finals in URC and a final in Europe, that's kind of the, not the minimum. But that's that's mm. where you say you've had a good season when you get there. Normally I'd say like final in in uh, league and semi-final in Europe is kind of the minimum. Yeah. Because it was switched around. Um, that's like, better like, than like, they, they, like we're literally a minute away from winning Europe and that would have been an incredible win even if we went out in the semi um, even if we went out in the semis in URC like, so does that define the whole season not winning that trophy? Well, I, uh, I, I think some people look at it as the nature of the defeat as well Yes, and I, I agree that that was a huge chance to win that we just didn't take Yeah, and like the circumstance of Kirbalo and Kaino both being out. Yeah. You know, they were two uh, essential blokes. Kaino's retired. Sorry, yeah, Vito. I always I always mix them two up for some reason. Um not racist, I swear. Uh but um yeah, like I feel our, we had an entirely starting strength team, didn't we? Like like uh, how fish low was yeah, I, I definitely feel like he didn't go looking for work in the way that he usually does. Yeah. 
But, and he uh, wasn't targeted, and we didn't bring him in, so it was unusual that hmm. way as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, just, it, it wasn't a. Um... We were such favourites, and then it felt not like a carbon copy of defeats yeah. in previous years, but in a similar vein to say the Saracens' defeat or the La Rochelle feat of previous years. And then you're kind of wondering, you know, okay, once, yeah, twice, okay, three times, are we capable of? either learning the lessons or having learned the lesson to then do something I wouldn't say radically different but different enough that it can beat teams who front up to us like that. Yeah, I suppose I'll I'll give some mitigations first off, or excuses Mm. if you're less charitable. We were playing away in that final. That was a home game for La Rochelle. Yep. Um, The heat. And it's so hard to win away games in Europe. Yeah, in full stop away games, um, he should have benefited us. I feel. Do you think? I I just think the Irish people are so unused to being in that heat. Yeah, but they uh, they have a big pack, so like like surely that that was it. Like, yeah, but they're used to being in the heat. Like, mm, I feel like be, being used to being in the heat is more of an advantage than having a smaller pack like, and not being used to the heat. Yeah, but again, like how how used are France like playing? Um, in June, essentially, nearly mm. in rugby, like they 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 play a final there, maybe a night, like they're playing the final now, pretty much in the top fourteen. So I I don't think it was a great um, advantage to your side. Like maybe it got so hot that it just removed any um, benefit to us having a more mobile pack. Yeah, but that's that's beside the point. Um, mm. Oh, the, oh, the ball literally bounced away, away from us twice. Memorably, like the second thing, he got killed by the bounce and he made a poor decision, compounded by uh, Keenan running it out, which mm. then turned into their try after several phases. Jimmy O'Brien was covering the try zone and the ball bounces, hit him. Mm. Like that's a, literally two bounces the ball that fucks us. Mm. Um, another day that doesn't happen. And you win. And I'm not saying like everything went our way or went their way and everything was against us. Like that, that just sometimes that sometimes the ball literally bounces the way uh-huh. it hurts you. Yeah. Um, I think, I think O'Gara set the team up to yeah. like every, he, he had to roll the dice. Like if Leinster and La Rochelle played their plans to the best, Leinster win. Uh, and maybe if we play that game 10 times, Leinster win eight times or something. Mm-hmm. But he, he rolled the dice, he did what he had to do He kept the game time down to 32 minutes uh, In play time Yeah um, That was frustrating And he gave away, they gave away a ton of penalties Without conceding a card And so did we at the end of the game But um, We slowed momentum and Meant that we couldn't build a big scores But we took the tree like, that, That's what happens um, Now on the other side like, there, was, there was bad passes I remember we took a line out. We went to Gibson Park. He throws a pass behind Sexton, and Sexton throws a pass behind the centre, and they lose the yards. And that was under no pressure. Like the ball was clean enough coming off the top, and it was just mm. two bad passes. We looked very nervous in the first half. Um, mm. it, so that maybe that's a mental thing. I think our scrum, like people talk to scrum up a loss, and maybe it was the sliding of the game, considering the amount of pressure put us at the end. But we were five meters out in the first half, and we defended that scrum, the series of scrums. 
Is that the one where we then went to 100 meters and nearly scored? Yeah, it was it was near the end of the second half and first half, sorry. Um, and they, they had a bunch of penalties and they kept going for scrum and scrum. And then we, we actually got a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I, I, I think we can't... First of all, scrummaging, I think we're playing it too legally or else we need better coaching because this is an issue now consistently and if, if, it's, no, it's, not, it's no, not a case of if. Refs now think they know we have a weak scrum. So any 50-50 penalty, they're thinking, okay, it's, it must be against Ireland or Leinster. Mm-hmm. So that's the big, the, one of the big issues of it. Um, another issue is I think we need to improve our offloading and passing in general. Um, mm-hmm. like, 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 like we can't just take contact clear quickly against every team, every big team that we come against. Because they can slow it down, they can turn it over. Um, so we need to have a plan B. Speaking of turnovers, surely one of the takeaways from this season was a uh, lack of a turnover merchant. Definitely, in our back row, we're missing a turnover. Like our front, our front row is decent at, front, at turnovers. Mm. Our second row, depending on we have there, they're they're okay, but you don't really depend on your second row unless you're Tyburn. Our back row definitely though needs needs a poacher of some sort or someone better on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't think like that's that. Uh, I suppose when both games were narrowly lost, there that is a deciding point. Like just because the opposition have a good poacher and we don't doesn't mean that we need need it to win. But yeah, I, yeah. I, th- I think we should be looking to. Can I just ask who La Rochelle's good poacher is? Because I don't particularly remember them having a good poacher. Well, I, what's, the, um, oh, what's the name of the back rower? He does it all. Aldrich. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I would yes. say yes in regard of the Bulls. I remember. The Bulls had a nice. Um, yeah, that guy <laughs> with the <time>. face. <laughs> he's he's a warrior. He's in the mold of a man, isn't he? Like just up puts it all on the line every time. Yeah. But he also does everything. Like he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's an all all around back row. A marvelous player. Um, Is that the Stor- the Stormers player? No, Aldrich. Were... Oh, I was talking what? about the Stormers player. Sorry, yeah, Rob. Yeah, do, yeah. Dion Furry. He's like thirty-five and got called up for the first time to the yes, Springboks squad. Yeah, um, it's a great story. Um, but yeah, uh, for me, the whole jackal threat—it just feels like you're going backwards at a rate of knots, and then you just get a penalty from. Uh, it's not nothing, but you get one that's very much against. Uh, you want to play, and it could just be an easy out, which is yes. Um, and and you really felt at the very end of the match, mm, yeah. And we were defending over and over and over. It it felt so fucking ominous, and you were just like, if O'Mahony was here, you feel like that's the lifeblood of getting out of that situation is yeah. that threat, and it also means like you're more likely to draw penalties from the opposition team, say going off their feet or doing something. Sealing off or doing something, and also it means that they have the to target us. Like, remember when t- mm. wherever, play, wherever we played Tiger Burn, it was two men hit him straight away, mm. or you mm. run at him. The same, same like um, same like McCaw or Pocock. Um, this guy's so good, you have to run at him because yeah. if you don't, he'll be the second man there, and that ball's gone. It, it just felt so ominous. You were just like, "How the fuck do we get out of this without conceding a try?" Yeah, and 
I guess La Rochelle has like, played yeah, it. That's, that's so another thing that I know. Like, there's a scrum that wheeled completely, and we had it pretty much. And he said reset. Ooh. Like that's that's a, in the in isolation. That's a decision that can go either way. But like sometimes that goes your way. Yeah. And you get out, and you scrape a win, and you get your fifth star. Um, oh, the fifth star will be a long time coming, Neil. I'd say. <laughs> but we do have potentially a home run. All the way in because. Hopefully we won't get one of our matches cancelled, which means we get a home quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get the home semi, home, home final, and then decisions go your way. The bounces come your way, and the crowd's there, and it's yours. You have a crowd. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's better than the French yeah, crowd no, yeah, yeah, came in on the bus this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I'd not even to answer your question, because I completely forgot the question was, because I rambled <laughs> on so much. It's just a season rundown. Yeah, like, a, a good season... So Europe was good season. I think even the fact that we lost the game, I think we should have won and we were favourites for Like getting to a final is very tough. Mm. Uh, and that Toulouse match was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and to dispatch the champions of England in the first half was was good. I'll be honest, I was more impressed with the Leicester Tigers performance than the Toulouse performance, purely because of the match Toulouse had the week before. I think that makes mm. the Leicester one more reflective. Yeah, but we talked about the time, but Toulouse were beaten from minute one. We stretch out the lead in the second half, which we did. But it was it was a miracle try from now at the start that kept them in it. And we just kept on. But kept on I rolling. feel like they were beaten from minute one because of the week before. Yeah, but that's not tiredness. That's mental then. Like, like no team is too what tired. mental they... tiredness? Like, it, it, I'd say the thing they went through the week before just absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, but it didn't matter if they had three weeks to prepare or not then. Hmm. Like that, if it's mental tiredness, like they're done. Like, if, okay, if they got another few days for physical tiredness to recover from that, yes, they'd love that. But if they were mentally done or before, before stepping on that pitch, like it doesn't matter how much rest. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like you can recover mentally with more time, I feel. Yeah. But well, anyway, that's besides the point. You, you disagree, and that, that's perfectly fine. And but, this, yeah. the Bulls match is kind of. I was very despondent after the European final. I was angry at the time, but that fades because you just angry you lose a match, a big match. The Bulls one was more frustrating in that we couldn't figure out what to change. Mm. We didn't have the brain power. And this is something that was said in the Joe Smith years that if plan A is not going to Going to plan, I suppose. <laughs> you, you, what do you do? Yeah. Um, Lack of ability to problem solve on the yes, field. But, but like you couldn't, you couldn't secure ball. You couldn't secure ball at two, like the very first. And we threw three penalties that were kickable into the um, into the corner and lost all three. Mm. Like that. That was just incredibly frustrating. No matter what, if we're getting beaten up or players aren't playing well, the fact you couldn't realize. You're not getting this ball back. Mm. And then Bulls had a lovely move, which I'd like to see more of. The tap and go, and then a switch back. Like, you rarely see, you don't see too much invention of those things. Mm. I'm not sure why, why you wouldn't just, but that was just a strike move out of nowhere, gets Bulls five points with conversion to come. The, um, my kind of big takeaway, well, I agree with pretty much all, all your guys' points about the Champions Cup. Um, yeah, like disappointing, but that 
still, it was a good season. Um, the Bulls game, um, that was, for me, that was kind of a, a really hammered home that these South African teams are very, very different to what we're going to believe. Yeah, like, you know the way you're talking about the beforehand. Yeah, that, that little switch move, um, I was like, that was just like, so they're big and they can go toe-to-toe and beat you up, but they actually played smart and they absolutely dismantled uh, the Leinster line-out, um, which is just very typically South African in that they're, um, they're really good at that kind of thing. Um, but yeah. I think later on we'll talk briefly about the URC season as a whole, whether we think it was a success, all that kind of crack. Um, but to finish up with Leinster, okay, we're going to take a quick look to the future. So I want your way too early hot take for, for next season. Okay, I, I've had this one when you said that earlier yeah. on. My way too yeah. hot take is all four semi-finalists next year will be South African teams. It's pretty good. Hot take, baby. <laughs> Okay, uh, now, okay, putting my actual sensible hat on seems highly unlikely, but uh, it would be fucking crazy if it happened because I think that this season felt like a, a scare, but it feels like something we could probably use to grow and get better and maybe put up more of a challenge next year. But just imagine if all four semi finalists were sad. You might start saying then. Uh, maybe we shouldn't have let them join. <laughs> but yeah, it's it probably not going to happen. But yeah, that's my hot take. Neil, do you have a hot take? Yeah, mine was more Leinster related. Mm-hmm. I suppose that is Leinster related by our omission. Um, I think Frawley will end the season as out half uh, behind Saxon. <sighs> that was yours? Uh, well, mine's kind of hotter in that I think he'll be the out and out starter. I, no, I think, I think Sexton starts because the World Cup, unless Frawley, like unless Sexton gets injured for something, and Frawley Fra- Fra- stars, that's yeah. the only that's the only way I can see Sexton not being in pole position. Lads, uh, am, am I in danger here of thinking we're overhyping Frawley? Uh, well, you're asking for a hot take. I'll give you a hot take. Okay, <laughs> I okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's I have gonna... a type of take where I say Joe McCarty starts, where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sheehan doesn't start over Kelleher when they're both fit like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a mildly hot take was Conan loses his spot, but that's not something you can really say at this point. Mm. Mm. I, I, well, I have, a, I have the similar take with the Frawley, but uh, the kind of chaser I have there is it's kind of Ireland related, but Craig Casey uh, starts. But uh, I think uh, that's I, hot. I feel like they've put their chips on JGP. I, I don't think that's going to change. But again, yeah, the hotness uh, of the take. No, I, th- I think they'll yeah. start, well, they don't so far, they'll start Casey. Or they won't put him in the 23 because they'll play Murray at 20, 21. Mm. Yeah. But I'm not sure you can do that anymore. And again, we'll talk more about this during the Irish episode. But, uh, yeah. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left, but the uh, URC, season one. Uh, uh, great. What are, what, what's your reviews? Aside from the Welsh being utterly terrible and Italians not doing well, <laughs> it's, it's been great. Mm. Like... Um, the Scots have been okay. They both got into the sem- the playoffs, but they haven't been great. And the Scots get to play against the Italians. Mm. And the Welsh get to play against the Welsh. Mm. Um, I have to say, I thought Edinburgh put up a good fight against whichever South African team they met in the Armies. 
it it may have, yeah, I think it was Storms. But I watched that match and I don't know. I did. I thought they looked. They didn't roll over like five percent. Yeah, it, they weren't. They were close enough that it was competitive, and I was like, yeah, you know, on another day, this Edinburgh team could potentially have won that match, and that was down in South Africa as well. So I guess that makes it just that little bit more impressive. But in terms of looking at the Glasgow quarter versus the Edinburgh, like you know, definitely Edinburgh are closer to the finished product than Glasgow. I think that Glasgow performance was so bad that it. It shakes your um, idea that these guys are solid pros. Mm. Like they, they didn't want to play. They didn't show up, and they got their coach fired. Yeah, it, <laughs> like it, I, it, I can't remember an Irish team being like that. Yeah. Well, it was, Rob, it was, was I not talking to you at that match saying, "Yeah, I don't think there should be quarterfinals because teams like Glasgow don't deserve to kind of get to a knockout e finally type stage." And if I remember correctly, mm. I said that to you early enough in the match, and then. Mm. It transpired that yeah, like to me, that performance there was totally undeserving of being in what would be called a final, so to speak. But yeah, it was. Mm. I wouldn't say disgraceful, but you know, it just wasn't. That's what happens when you have this um, pool system where Mm. they're getting fifteen to twenty points a season Mm. against weak teams. Well, the worst team we play in our po- our group is Connacht. Yeah, who beat like, us twice last season, if I remember correctly, yes. or if not twice once. So, like, mm. you know, the and, worst and they, team they is don't roll over against us. Mm. Yeah, because the pride or whatever. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but that, like right? seeing the South African celebrations, like mm. Stormers are celebrating and people are loving this, is great. It's a real boost in the arm of. Of what um, this competition means, because they they weren't saying, "Oh, it's only it's only the league. Who cares?" Yeah, like it, it, it's stitched up for the Irish. They 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 fought that final hard, and they loved it, and they had a celebration for days afterwards. Mm-hmm. And because that was a trophy, they came into and they wanted to win, and they won. Mm. Yeah, like, as did hadn't they won? They hadn't won something for like a long time. I can't remember the exact amount of years, but maybe it was like twenty years or something. They hadn't won a trophy, so. It or did who who won it? The Bulls or the Stormers? Stormers. They won it last. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm right. I'm correct. Near the end. Um. So yeah, and I think uh, it makes a nice contrast to the whole Welsh salt and cynicism. I saw I saw a tweet about it like today or yesterday saying, oh, "What are they celebrating for?" Like it's ah, mad. But they had like a, a parade. And, like like I don't know what you're talking about. You're not ever going to see a trophy in your lifetime. That's fucking disgraceful, man. What the uh, fuck? I saw one of my favourite responses to that was some Leinster fan put up the... Remember when Cardiff beat us this season? Yeah. With the last-minute penalty, and they were going nuts, and they celebrated and jumped up and down, and <laughs> uh, they were like, okay. Um, <laughs> and, and sorry, I was, I, was, I was thinking about this when Dave mentioned his four South African semi-finalists next year. Mm. I think it'll be harder for them next year. In one side, they're getting play- they seem to be getting players in most of the teams, so their squads generally be stronger, I think. But they're going to have to play in Europe next year. They're going to have to find out about that. They're going to have to balance that. They're going to have to, um, not going to have to, but hopefully the entire season won't be um, disrupted by any COVID next year. Mm. 
So it'll be different in that that regard. Um, and like, and we, we were all saying, like, oh, is this good for us now? We were saying this when we were, we were winning games, and now we're maybe not so sure that this, the South Africans being joined is great. I think it is great because mm-hmm. you have to you have to show up. There's no easy uh, big yes. wins anymore. Like, there's no starting Ross Byrne in the final and saying we've got this, and then winning by like thirty points immediately. Yeah. <laughs> that was easy. See you next year, boys. Yeah, I feel like if the, if there's if it's an end to that sort of shit, assuming we can still come across the occasional yeah. league win, which I hope we can, yeah. then yeah, it will. And then obviously the development of players and it'd be more precious that way. Yeah, like exactly. to get revenge on the Bulls or something, or to host an African team in Aviva or yes, even and have to fight for eighty minutes mm. to get a trophy, especially mm. after going. Like that, that trophy will be worth more than two or three of the previous ones. Yeah. And I do feel like our lack of ability to secure Europe over the last four seasons or whatever it is, is because of that Could be. lack of fight over, over a protected amount of time. Where, and I definitely said more or less the same thing before on here, is that no one puts it up to you until one team puts it up to you and then. You're so used to no one putting it up to you that you just don't know what to do. Whereas mm. if we're getting teams that are putting it up to us throughout the season, then come the end of the season when you end up against the absolute creme de la creme, yeah. you're less up the creek without a paddle and you're more equipped to deal with what's being thrown at you because you've experienced it semi recently. That's that's why that's what I want the South African teams to do, and that's what I believe they can do. But and I guess if it means that. Let's say it means we win two less league titles over the space of five years, but one more European Cup 100%. over the space of that five years. Then I think it's kind of worth it. But it remains to be seen. We'll just have to wait and see. It, uh, like I was saying after the match when we lost in the semi about the bittersweet nature of the South African team's inclusion, because like this is what we wanted. <laughs> we wanted them to come in and be good and it didn't look like they were going to be good at the start of the season yeah. they were finding their feet or whatever and I guess we were all just looking around thinking is this going to work out and then at the end when when you reap the benefit or the negative as it was then you're kind of like well I get this is what we asked for so you just gotta roll with the punches I guess and hope that the the benefits to getting beaten up are there <laughs> And the South Africans bring something different in that, like, they'll tackle all day long. Like, they love it. Yeah, they do. Uh, and not to say all four teams are the same, because there are differences between the mm. uh, between different South African franchises. But, like, they'll, they'll stand up. Like, maybe we were, we were pleasantly surprised by Lions in that, like, Cardiff or Benetton or Edinburgh would roll over. Mm. Like, they might put up a fight and then they'd roll over. But Lions fought that entire game. And they're not yeah. a big team in South Africa. Like, they had a solid set piece. They're physical. And they said, we're here to play. And so, like, you, you can't just, like, overwhelm them with your better squad and your... Well, I suppose Lens are generally bigger than most of the Pro 14 team, most of the URC teams aside South Africa. Like, you have, to, you have to play. You have to have a plan to do this. You have to. You, you can't just wear them down because they'll keep coming at you. They'll they'll kick their points. They'll kick territory and they'll tackle all day and they'll come at you with a strong set piece. 
So you have to say, okay, we have to we have to plan for this, we have to fight for this. So I uh, I think that's only uh, it's it's only good for me. But yes, it would have been great if we fought, came back, beat the Bulls, and beat the Stormers in a tight game. But now we know for certain that South African teams are legit in this league. Can I just ask? Uh, remember our tour to South Africa where we went down with like a B minus team sort of thing starting mm. each week and we pushed the South African teams I don't think we won any of that matches did we? Are you talking about the Lions? Remember we no, went we... down to South Africa with like Oh for Leinster, Leinster Yeah Yes we came within a, we lost a bonus point both games so. But we didn't win any matches no? No out of the nope. two games where we were, lost both. Were, were the South African teams picking full strength starting sides then? Much. Or Okay it just makes you wonder because it doesn't feel like that was that long ago. That was a way. Mm. And they were picking full strength sides against what I would see as sort of like a B minus side for us. Yeah. Uh it just feels like I can't see how we were that close then and then sort of not be able to close it out now with with our full strength side. It, it makes me worry, I guess. A little bit like I said about the my highlight of the season where the fight. Like, yeah, the fight, the passion of the youth, the lack of complacency. I just wonder if that complacency is there amongst some well, uh, leadership, yeah. Yeah. That's because like there's only so much Johnny can I, do, really. Well Johnny Johnny wasn't he came on the field and he said, What the fuck are you doing, lads? And he started yeah. to fight with a and after forwards. And then his then, then his team couldn't then his uh his pack of forwards couldn't catch a ball, so yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, you might be right on that. I, I think there has to be serious questions over Ryan as captain. Mm. That like, line out fiasco. I, yeah. I'm not saying it was entirely his fault, but no. I think it Ross Mooney is the line out carrier. But like the the fact that we went, like they were attacking our line out the entire game. Mm. I, it it was a filmy once kind of thing, like. Yeah. How how many more times were we going to try that? If that match went on for another forty minutes, would we have done that another three times before Probably. we thought uh, maybe we should take the? Three no, we, we did change, but it was too late. It was too late by the time yeah. we got to. Yeah. Instead, we could have been building up a score. But then people again. said, like, uh, we didn't score against uh, La Rochelle, so yeah, yeah. it's the opposite problem. Yeah. Um, all in all, I, I agree with a lot of your guys' sentiments that URC looks like we've got a proper competition now. Um. Yeah, it's going to be tough going forward. I want to see what happens uh, to someone like uh, I was going to say Bath, but they won't be in Europe next year. Someone like um, London Irish or Worcester heading down yeah. to the high belt in the middle of the season. Yeah. They're going to be in for a rough, uh, rough surprise. Because as much of a sh- like shock, I would say shock, but yeah, well, we kind of knew because we had to send down a weakened team that was tough, and our players did yeah. really well, and they kept the games close. But but our guys at least would be used to being. In basically, uh, you know the way Leinster has so much Irish internationals. Hmm. Whereas you take a team like London Irish or whatever, and a lot of these guys aren't near international squads, and then all yeah. of a sudden they can be thrown up against like some of the most brutal physical monsters in the game. Yeah. Um, they they, they just, big packs in their league, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, there's a difference. Uh, the the level that the South Africans bring is different. Um, it just it's crazy. Uh, 
Do you want to guys want to briefly talk about the other provinces? Um, yeah, Connacht. I think I've, I have the least to say about. Yeah. Um. There, there are there are some high points, but I th- I don't think they're hitting all. The st- I, I I think they should be better than they are, and they get a lot mm. of slack because they play good rugby, mm. and they're they're everyone's second province kind of thing. Mm. Um. Not great. There's games they should have won. Uh, they should have won that they didn't. Um. And there's games they lost without firing shots or giving up too much lead. Their defense really needs work. But um, I hope to do better for them. Uh, they're not in Europe next year, are they? Or fully no. fledged Europe? Yeah, I, feel, I saw people saying that they completely mismanaged their season in that they tried to battle on two fronts and ended up yeah. screwing themselves, which is actually kind of a good point because if they had a f- focused a bit more on the league, I think they're just off the mark in the league for the cutoff point to get into Europe. Mm-hmm. That it, If they hadn't have spread their resources as they did, then I, I guess... Hindsight is great, but yes. they might have stood more of a chance of qualifying for the top. They're taking a cast approach to the game. Yeah, mm. well, they might try and say that, but yeah, it just it's and it's disappointing that they're not in Europe because I I like watching them. Like, I, 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 it's nice to have more Irish teams to watch. In, like, yes. realistically, they're in the Challenge Cup now. I won't be watching their matches, so I, I watched. I uh, I watched them when they get to hopefully when they get to semi final or quarter final. Yeah. yeah, but other than that. Anyway, yeah, other teams. Ulster, um, they should have beaten Toulouse. They should have got through that game. Yeah. That, that's the real Ulster thing. Uh, and they've it happened several times this season where they're winning, they're miles ahead, and I turn it off, and I check my phone at the end, and they've nearly lost. They're a 20-point lead with five minutes to go, and somehow they nearly lose. Um, mm. they're, they're, they're a team that they have no killer edge. They, they, they bring through great players, especially backs. Mm. Hampered by a ten, lack of ten. Yeah, Billy Burns will just not win them trophies. You got the wrong yeah. Burns. I, I'm, I'm going to go out on, on maybe a bit of a hot take here and say that if we had met them in the semi-final of the league, we would have lost to them. But I think if we had met them in the final, I think we would have beaten them. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, I just think they were so close to beating Stormers, and I know what you're saying about. That the lack of cutting edge and then throwing games in the last minute, but I feel like uh, the mental thing wouldn't have been there for them because they had already beaten us twice this season. And I know the whole first first choice lads coming back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but I I I think they would have had our number, and it would have been I don't know hard to take. I think to lose them three times in a season, but yeah. it doesn't matter anyway because they uh, we didn't meet them. But yeah. I I was supporting them fucking loads as I'm sure you guys were in that yeah. South African match and Jesus Christ I'd say being an Ulster fan is suffering. Yes. Be. <laughs> as bad like, as you can say like oh is this point we lost Europe mm. like, they haven't been in the European final since we hammered them in like 2012 mm. and they lost against uh, us a couple of times in the final yeah. without winning yeah. it in but the league. Christ they should have won that match against the Stormers like it was mm. it was on a platter for them and to let that go, I feel like that does damage to individuals. Obviously, the stronger yeah. minded amongst them will come through. And but I feel like, you know, it's it's not going to sit well with some people. Yeah. And yeah, as you say, Billy Burns. I saw a few Ulster fans on Reddit saying like, <clears throat> "Surely now he has to be the backup to Sexton." But you're just kind of thinking like, no, like like we'll talk, we've talked about a lot like. 
Carberry's not great, but he's mm. just a level above. Yeah, he, he, he may not be able to play against the best teams internationally, but Burns just isn't isn't a player. I actually, I was kind of surprised uh, in that Stormers match, and I know like <clears throat> the the last runs deeper than this, but I I feel like they're not using Doak as much as they should be. Yeah, well, like Kumi's such a talisman. Yeah, he, but he's. I feel like the difference in talent and ability to play between Cooney and Doak isn't as large a gulf as is suggested by his Game time. reluctance to yeah. introduce Doak earlier than he is. And I'm not saying like if Doak had been on there earlier, they would have went on and won. But I just think yeah. you have them. If they, if they think they can... If it's not a fitness issue, like if, if they don't think Cooney can last the full 80... I'd be I'd be moving him to ten, and Doak on at sixty or something like that. Yeah, that's certainly a way. Like a French style kind of thing because yeah. Cooney can play ten. He he kicks goals. Um. Yeah. It's it's it, it's what I do, but I'm not a coach. I don't have to. Yeah. No, that's that's actually and, and the thing is really novel with Irish. Whenever you're talking about another Irish province, you have no. Um, you, you're not a stakeholder. Like you don't care really if they win. Like, like I want them to do well, but I support Leinster, and so if Ulster, like I'll, I'll take Ulster going losing a couple more games a season if it means an Irish player gets game time. Yeah. Like, well, like say, say, sorry, something like that. Where Cooney's not an Irish pitcher, but Doak might be. Mm. So give him more time, despite the fact Cooney will win you more games, maybe. Yeah. But it's like the Maloney thing, where like, yeah, okay, he's great for Leinster. He's been a servant. Um, so that's why we're starting him. But like someone from Munster will, will say, like Joe McCarthy's the future now. Play him. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I was it's bad for Leinster, but like it, it's better for the Irish team maybe. Mm. But um, I I'd never even looked at it that way in terms of Doak. I was just always shocked at how good I believed Doak to be in my head, and then how little I saw him on the field towards the trail end of that season. It just felt like. Now, Cooney did get better as the season progressed because uh, uh, there's times in that season near the middle of it, I think. I can't place it exactly where... I was thinking Doak might just t- overtake him. Yeah, I remember that time as well. And he definitely recovered his season to an extent, but I don't know. Maybe uh, the coach sees something I don't, but uh, I was just a bit surprised by that. Um, Munster then. Rob, do you want to say something about Ulster? Or the Munster? showbiz! <laughs> uh... You seem to be the Munster guy. <laughs> Well, well, Connacht's, Connacht's yeah, super inconsistent. Uh, Ulster is so close, but still. And, and sorry, we should, I should compliment them. After losing yeah. against Toulouse, then losing against Munster at home, mm. to scrape back in mm. and get to that away semi-final. Yeah, and which, push them all the way. Yeah, which, like, someone like Glasgow just let their, game, their season end, and Munster, mm. to be honest. Um, but they, they came back into it, and they fought and they nearly won. So that, that there is there is something to be proud of there. And then Munster. So I was actually I was thinking about putting in the highlights uh, that Munster to lose game that I was at because that was that was really good. Yeah, uh, atmosphere atmosphere was electric. Um, but uh, obviously, and then like, it, I think if you take a team to penalties, like that's that's. Uh, it's not okay. It's not pure luck, but it's such an unusual situation that, um, uh, like you didn't win the game, but it's 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 it seems harsh to say that you lost. But uh, yeah. um, 
They just weren't yeah, good. They, they, yeah, they have serious issues. Uh, the more more worrying things were the the loss to us in the Aviva, where they threw out. They had okay, yeah, they, were, they, they were missing a few key players, but but they were they should have been should have won that game against us because uh, they they um, that try by Penny was what I was putting under consideration for a moment of the season. Because that's mm. when I realised, oh, we could actually win this game. Yeah, when we started so strong. We we had nothing but guys trying to just put on a good show. That was mm. all they had, really. Uh, whereas Munster were like, if you win this game, you get a home route to the final or whatever. And yeah. uh, that was worrying. And then the way they went out against Ulster in the quarters, um, just no fight. Yeah, and also uh, the the insistence of. Uh, starting Murray in these big games, um, I really don't like. Uh, it's it's just it's starting to get sad. Yeah, it's, like we don't want a Thomas O'Leary where it's so bad that even Declan yeah. Kidney has to say, "Okay, I'll have to change this up." Yeah, his his passing in that Ulster game was shocking, notice, noticeably like bad and like um, yeah, I I. I, I yeah. To 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 say that I I feel like singling out Murray mm. is fair enough, but I do feel like overall the passing and oh, handling yeah. by the entire Munster squad in that match was in stark contrast yeah. to the quality Ulster were bringing. But mm. yeah, Murray as the scrum half, you kind of say, okay, passing is like the absolute bread and butter of what you're doing. So if he's doing it badly, then yeah, it's kind of shit for him. But yeah, for me, for I, I feel me. your frustration. For me, it was kind of, if you looked at what Casey had done in the maybe three months, last three months of the season, and what Murray had done in roughly the same time period, I don't know how you come to the conclusion that Connor's the man for the big game. Like, um, I get, like, I don't know, I, I would have made the argument, put Casey on, uh, run him around for ages, and then bring Connor Murray on to close out the game. He's the cool head, the veteran, or whatever. Yeah, that's what we do for Ireland. Yeah, and it's so, more successful than what's happening in Munster. Yeah, what what do you make of the the Van Gran era then as a as an overall? I I think uh, well, first of all, Munster is just it's just fun. It's a story. It's a narrative. That's why people yeah. go crazy. That's why I always see there's so many articles written about them, and so many views, and so many uh, people mm. watch them on TV because it's such a it's such a show. Mm. Like it, it's just never ending drama. And must be terrible as a Munster fan because you're never, never getting better. Uh, Van Granier, a failure, I have to say. Mm. Again, this guy, Gary Doyle, came up skating, not skating, strongly in support of him in a great article, I don't know if you read it a few weeks back, saying how history will be kind to Van Gran. And he's, he's putting out his plan and they're arguing about it in the podcast afterwards and he was very forceful saying like, well, this is, this is not just my opinion, this is facts, like you're finishing here, like you're fi- he started with a team that wasn't that good and he's consistently finished in um, Sydney finished in semi-finals, finals. Mm. I, I think when people start praise, some people start praising him for bringing you true. I'm like, he's there for five years. Of course, he's bringing some you true. Mm. The only players, and a monster fan will be able to tell you in greater detail about this, that got 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 picked when they should have been, or Casey and Coombs. They got game time early, and they rewarded the coach. Mm. And there's so many good players like Kendall and Ahern, like 
what's what was the name of the prop Liam Coombs like played great against Claremont in a famous victory away never seen again a bunch of young players beat Wasps away haven't mm. been seen like there's a conservative uh, selection policy mm. which has been a hallmark of his entire reign um, so and now it looks like they might be bringing all these youngsters through and they've got great talents but like this only works if you, if you play them mm. like the great thing about Leinster even when we don't win we can say well this season we've Sheehan's gotten a ton of game time he's now a starter Some, like Jimmy O'Brien he's not that young but he's now potentially an international capped Joe McCarthy we threw him in he's an extreme example but we threw him in Baird got he's a few years ago he got thrown in Hugo um, Keenan, I feel like, is... Hugo Keenan's not really... I know, but he's it, still fresh enough that I feel like we're just sleeping on the fact that he's so good and so consistent. Uh, to be honest, what I don't call is Jordan Lamore. Like, Jordan Lamore has played an international campaign, a European campaign, drifted off a couple of years, has come back into form, and he's still young. Mm. Like, he's done all that, he's got all that experience, while someone in Munster would be getting... This will be his first season, first yeah. starting season, something yeah. like that. And Frawley got the game time. Harry Burns gets game time. Like these guys all get game time for us, and Munster just don't. And there is now a, a real um, road, not roadblock, a blockage at nine and to a lesser degree ten, where the oh. internationals on older internationals on form um, are not being picked on form. So the older internationals have been picked. That's not on form. And uh, Joey Carberry, I can understand because Healy has had chances this season and he hasn't taken them. Mm. He's looked good against weaker teams, but when it went up a level, he kind of went missing. And like that's every eight half goes through that. But Casey, it just seems far superior to Murray. Um, Kendallin or Hearn seem far better than Clota Jenkins, who were leaving anyway. Mm. Um, and they're not getting game time so I, I think Munster I, I we'll, just see, feel we'll like... see we'll see if it goes if it gets better because people were very happy with Graham Rantry being coach but first of all it took it was a farce for him getting appointed in such a long manner mm. in that first of all they offered Van Gran a three year contract after his first few years so they're happy enough with that and then they lost him and then they made him. They let him stay on for the entire season, when they knew their next man in was there. They already had. Mm. So in in that regard, it was a bit of a waste. Like they, they could have spent that season settling in a new co- head coach. Instead, you you're, you spent the season allowing the um, allowing the dead man walking take over. So I I, I think there's. Definitely issues in how their monster are run, um, and you see that going through like the entire problems of the last few years. Like the academy wasn't really set up until after Kidney left, and it's now only the last few years where it's consistently bringing through talents, and they're bringing in coaches and losing coaches, and these co- a lot of these coaches are excelling elsewhere. Mm. Um, so like, and Graham Rentry, as I said, everyone loved him. He's a real salt of the earth guy at Leicester. Suits Munster down to the ground, but he's still the forwards coach for the last few years, last couple of years, and they haven't been great. 
Mm. How much of that was due to selection being taken away from him? Uh, how much was that Van Grant? I don't know, but it may not be the the panacea that Munster fans are hoping for. Mm. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm trying to think. If we ask that question, season, I should say, sorry, to round would, it off. Um, would they... Do I think Munster are going to have a better or worse season next season? Uh, I would say probably worse. Um, really? Well, like... Well, like in Europe, the semi-final is good. Well, they got to quarter. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 that round of sixteen threw me. Yeah, I knew they played as um, two rounds of knockout rugby. Mm. Oh, so, yeah, look, I, I think Neil's point about them being showbiz—they're um, just the drama of it all. Uh, they're totally that, like. One of my highlights from that entire season was extra time against Toulouse when the stadium DJ played Zombie by the Cranberries. And the whole crowd was singing along and it was like connection with that team. You know what I mean? Was, yeah. You wouldn't you know, get that at a Leinster match, Rob. You wouldn't get that at a Leinster match, no. Uh, instead, we have Angry Southside Dad. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> what the fuck is his issue? He has a personality problem or some shit. <laughs> And they're, 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 they're multiplying. Just two of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, uh, he just, just shouts out buzzwords every time the ref <laughs> makes a decision. It's laughable. Anyway, yeah. He walks yeah. it back when it's shown on the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be hilarious if he was our only listener. Yeah. And he didn't realize we were referring to him. <laughs> uh, just one last thing, Neil. I feel like mm-hmm. it was uh, a little bit unfair to call out Kendall and not getting game time towards the end of that season because I feel like he got loads of game time. But yeah, I, I'll, your overall point that maybe he should have been getting game time like last year or whatever stands. But I, I do, I do feel like we saw him a lot there towards the end. So he was getting picked, mm. and Clota wasn't getting picked ahead of him. I don't think. Not that you said that, but yeah. I, I did say that. Okay. He was. Well, was like, he? It's only a small thing, but like when oh, I don't have I don't have monster caps unfortunately. Mm. But like when he's getting game time, Clota. And you know he's going at the end of the season. And there's a young superstar. No, really not a superstar, but he played really well as under-20s. And he's looked good now. Doesn't yeah. get all the game time you're giving him. Mm. Like Penny's got tons of game time and tons of caps. Despite the fact we had, he's fighting against three international sevens ahead of him. Mm. Like, surely Munster can figure out how to, how to give him more time. But like, right. Obviously, yeah. we remember it differently, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Kendall I mean, like, and the, he doesn't get games and he's particularly at the end of the season he got games but I'm saying like he should have more in my opinion but... right yeah um, I, again Munster I will watch with great interest how they go on next year um, for, but now we will move to trivia okay I have two questions oh yeah I forgot about this to, to round it up um, so three people have won the Champions Cup as both a player and a head coach Name yes. Well, Ron Nagar has obviously won them. Bortwick yes, and Leo Cullen. Bortwick, Who? I was going to say, I wouldn't Bortwick have got Leo, Leo Cullen. Cullen. I wouldn't have thought oh. of Leo Cullen. Oh, sorry, no, Bortwick hasn't won as a coach. He's never. Le- oh, yeah. Leo, Cull- Leo Cullen is the second answer, yeah. Um, oh, this one is it's tricky. Yeah, you're, you're saying like. I think there's a Toulouse player, sorry, coach here. Did Philip Sandendre ever win it with Sale or something? Does it have no. to be head coach, Rob? Yes. Okay. 
I was going to say Servat, but uh, he wasn't the head coach, I don't think. No. It is Toulouse, though. Uh, who would, well, you go Muller? Yep. Oh, very good. Very good. So that's I didn't know he won Yep. Uh, I know I have, this one's kind of easy. So wh- what year or season did Leinster last not win a trophy? So, well, other than this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are claiming no, we, we won, won a trophy that. this year. We won a trophy. Yeah, the, the shield. <laughs> I don't even know what that fucking shield is, and I don't even want to know. Fuck that shield. Whoever finishes highest out of the Irish teams. Uh, yeah. uh, that's a minimum every year, then, I suppose. Um, Leo Cohn's first year was 2016. Well, 2016 is when we didn't win it, so. Uh, 2017, we lost the semi-final Europe and lost uh, semi-final at home against Scarlets. So 2017, I'm guessing. I uh, honestly won't be able to remember up. So yeah, so it was the season, the season ending in 2017. Uh, we, we that was the last time we uh, we lost to Claremont away uh, by I think five points, and we lost to Scarlets. By actually pretty chunky margin, they had that I red, red card. card yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's just that. Um, that kind that's of sums nice. it up. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely do more, more as the uh, the the summer tours start to heat up. Um, yeah, that's all I I really have. You guys happy? Yep. Okay. Okay, bye everyone.